Welcome to US Rail Journeys, Series 2. In this series, I travel from LA to Chicago on the Southwest Chief, then from Chicago to New Orleans on both Amtrak's City of New Orleans train and a rail replacement bus. I then travel back from New Orleans to Los Angeles on the Sunset Limited. I also get to travel on the San Joaquins the Coast Starlight and the Pacific Surfliner, in all over 6,300 miles in 14 days. Episode 5 From Raton in New Mexico, overnight and through the floods, we travel towards La Plata. They've just announced that our next stop is in 10 minutes. I've been calling the place Raton. It's actually Raton. It was founded in 1880 at the site of Willow Springs, a stop on the Santa Fe Trail, and quickly developed as a railway, mining and ranching center for northeast New Mexico. The Mission Revival style station was built in 1903 and was used by nearly 17,700 passengers in 2015. From Raton, you can get a bus to Denver in Colorado. We should have been leaving Raton at 4.42 p.m. Well, it's now just about 6.20, so we're running one hour, 40 minutes late. The countryside is changing again now. We're starting to get scrubby hills as opposed to treeless wastes that we've just been passing. Behind me on the other side, I think there must be a riverbed because there are a few trees. The other thing that's interesting is that after a day of clear blue skies, it really is starting to cloud over now. We have running alongside the embankment that the railway's running on, a small river wending its way through the plateau between the railway and the hills. We're sat here in Raton, waiting for the train to be loaded. It's interesting, on a hillside just opposite me, the name of the town is picked out in large letters. This is certainly one of the larger towns that we have passed through since Albuquerque. And that was many hours ago. Sadly, the day starts to die, with clouds covering the sun. So I think sunset today may be a bit earlier than it was yesterday. Raton was our last stop in New Mexico. Our next stop, which will be Trinidad, is in Colorado. Raton Pass is a federally designated National Historic Landmark and is located on the eastern side of the Sangre de Cristo Mountains between Trinidad, Colorado and Raton, New Mexico. It provides the most direct land route between the valleys of the Arkansas River and the Cimarron River. Our journey, which seemed to take for a very long time between Las Vegas and Raton, was actually 112 miles. We passed Wharton Ranch, built by Uncle Dick Wharton, 
a frontiersman, trapper, buffalo hunter, Indian fighter, guide, teacher, rancher, farmer, and operator of a toll road. The first meeting to consider the statehood of Colorado was held in the second story of his store. Turning down an offer from the Santa Fe Railroad to buy his road in 1878, he instead asked for free groceries and rail passage for his wife for the rest of her life. The railway agreed. Purgatoire River was named, according to legend, during the time when Spanish conquistadors were exploring it in search of the seven cities of gold in 1594. Finding gold, they had Native American slaves dig it up for them. Then, in typical style, they killed the slaves and made off with their ill-gotten gold. There was justice, however, as they were subsequently ambushed and all wiped out, and so were thought to be in purgatory. We've just passed through the Raton Tunnel, the highest point on this line. So I presume it's downhill all the way from now on. Having passed the peak, we're now on our way downhill. Very slowly, I suspect, because it's incredibly steep for a non-rack and pinion railway and there's probably safety reasons that make us be very modest about our speed. The track itself is weaving from side to side and you can see the front or the back of the train very easily at every curve we go through. As we progress down this slope, we've just passed from New Mexico into Colorado. Our next stop will be Trinidad. That should have been in the late afternoon, round about tea time. However, I suspect that it's going to be round about half past seven, quarter to eight tonight. A lot of the cloud has now dispersed, got some white puffy ones and the last of the sunshine. That the sky hasn't yet gone red with the setting sun. The train is now slowly coming into Trinidad. Colorado. I think one or two passengers may be breathing a sigh of relief because the party that was creating quite a lot of noise during the afternoon in the observation car is getting off here. As we come into town, the style of the buildings here is very different from those that we had in New Mexico. There doesn't seem to be any Spanish influence that I can see at all. Of course, it may be that I'm not looking hard enough or that it's going dark. We are crossing a whole succession of crossings. Cars having to sit and wait for us everywhere. I've just sat down to dinner. I'm having a green salad followed by chicken breast. The food on these trains is pretty good considering that it all has to be cooked in a very small area underneath the dining car. It's the last sitting of the night and we're quite full. It's now completely dark as the last set of reservations for dinner arriving in the dining car. We're moving along at a reasonable speed. Nobody joined you? No. <laughs> they must have heard about They me. flaked out. It's <laughs> all good though, you know, it's nice to have a table to yourself sometimes. Well, I was just thinking, you know, what a lovely day it's been, lovely trip it is. Right. Not over yet. I <coughs> know it isn't. Still got a good night to go. As I started dinner, which was the early evening, we reached Trinidad. For many years, it was the home to many of the coal miners who worked at the Raton Basin. 
Its location at the foot of the Raton Pass has made it a favoured route for travellers by foot, horse, ox-drawn wagon and railway. Famous residents include Old West gunman Bat Masterson, who once served as the town's marshal. In 2016, the number of passengers increased by over 11% to 5,747. We're now rattling along at quite a fair pace. I suspect that we're trying to make up some of the one hour and 50 minutes that we were behind schedule. One of the nice things about the dining on these trains is that if you're not a party of four, you'll certainly make new friends as you travel along. Because of course the tables are all for four and therefore you get mixed up with other people. And one of the benefits of being mixed up with other people is that everybody is different, everybody has something interesting to say, and so it makes for good dinner conversation. In the dining car tonight, I've talked to an Amish family who are traveling from California. I'm with Tony and Kristen. We've just had a very nice dinner. They're teachers and it's spring break and they're traveling from Los Angeles back to Naperville, which is just outside Chicago. So what has made you travel by train this time? I don't know. We're both world travelers and we want to try something new and I'd take them the trains in Europe and Southeast Asia and I want to try it in the US. It was just something totally different that we decided on last week and it's been great. I like the it's been great because my next question would have been, are you enjoying yourselves? <laughs> yes, it's been very interesting. I think it's been really nice to talk to a lot of different people because we haven't really had time and travel like in transit to talk to so many different kinds of people. So that part was cool. And it's been so much more relaxing than driving yourself. And I don't know, it's just been nice to sit back, watch the scenery and eat a lot of good food. Mm -hmm. Well, I have to say everything you're telling me ticks all my boxes because I don't like driving on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> the idea of a coach, mm, no, because we, one wouldn't have had to change bus in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. Walking some of the countryside we've come through today, I don't think you'd no. want to walk, <laughs> nor bicycle. No. So are you going to do more train journeys? Yes. Well, we were just talking about how I would like to go to Portland and then Seattle and then Vancouver. Are you talking Vancouver in Washington or Vancouver in Canada? <laughs> Canada. Sorry, when I was on the coast starlight 18 months ago, people were saying, oh, no, 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 we're talking about the real Vancouver in Washington. So well, that. I'm pretty sure that we would go to any Vancouver that exists anywhere on the train. Yes, so. That's true. <laughs> now, you said you were teachers. What do you teach? Um, I teach a self-contained classroom for kindergartners through second graders who have autism. And I teach high school. I teach Spanish. Do you enjoy teaching? Yes, it's awesome. Yes, not every minute of every day, but yes. <laughs> now, you said you traveled on trains in Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. Whereabouts? Um, the big one I did was an overnight train from Bangkok to Chiang Mai in Thailand. That's one of the ones I really want to do. The other one in Southeast Asia I really want to do is the one from Singapore to Bangkok. Oh, I didn't realize that. I didn't have time because I was teaching English while I was there, but that would have been really nice to do. You were teaching English in Bangkok, I presume? Uh, I was in like a town that was about an hour outside of there, but yes. How did you find working in that environment? 
Um, it was interesting for me since I teach self-contained autism in the United States. I'm very structured and everything and things need to be done in a certain way. And in Thailand, they were very laid back and you weren't supposed to force students to learn. So I was asked to allow students to sleep and play on their phones while I was teaching. So it was a big learning experience for me. You teach Spanish. Yes. Spanish must be a language, therefore, that you speak very well. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, yeah. Is that heritage, or is it just that it's a language you learned because you thought it was a good language to learn? No, it's actually learned. It's not heritage. I'm actually Italian, um, but none of my schools offered Italian, so Spanish was the closest thing, and I just traveled a lot there. I lived in Spain, lived in Mexico, and I love it. Well, thank you both very much. It's been lovely to meet you and talk to you. Thank you, well, thank you. That's so exciting. Around about 90 minutes later, we've reached La Junta, where the train is scheduled to stop for 10 minutes. Because we're running late, they're going to try and shorten that stop. The town is home to two museums, Bent's Fort, an important trading post of the Old West, and the Kosher Indian Museum, regarded as one of the finest collections of Native American artifacts in the world. The town also hosts a unique Boy Scout Explorer program that trains scouts in both Indian dance and costume. The city has a major rail yard for the Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railway to assemble trains and add locomotives for the climb across the Raton Pass. The writer Ken Kesey, author of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, was born in La Junta. The current station buildings date from 1955 and were used by nearly 7,100 passengers in 2016. After leaving La Junta, we pass Las Animas, which sits along the Arkansas River, just west of where the Purgatory River flows into the Arkansas. It is a home to the Kit Carson Museum and the site of the Santa Fe Trail Day. Notable natives from here include Ken Curtis, who portrayed Festus in Gunsmoke, and frontiersman Kit Carson himself. dinner would just be over by the time of our short stop at Lamar, but considering we're nearly two hours late, it's well over. The station, which dates from 1907, was used by 1,880 passengers in 2016. We soon passed the Colorado-Kansas state line. By a very late bedtime, we reached Garden City. It is one of the towns depicted in Truman Capote's In Cold Blood. The station, built in 1907 and restored in 2002, was used by nearly 7,400 passengers in 2016. Tonight, two people got off and one got on. countryside today are completely different from yesterday. Grey cloud, rain and in places sleet as we travel through the morning. The countryside is also very different. Flooded farmland, deciduous trees and flat 
During the night, we passed through Dodge City, well known as the place of action in the Old West. By 1876, Dodge was the virtual queen of the cow towns. Residents included Wyatt Doc Holliday and Bat Masterson. Today it is a meat packing capital with close to 1,200 cattle processed each day. The station first opened in 1896 and was used by 5,208 passengers in 2017. During the night we were running about two hours late and when I made my notes I said in the dead of night we reached Hutchison. It certainly was the dead of night. The station was originally built in 1897 and rebuilt in 1950. Nearly 4,700 passengers used it in 2016. In places the ride during the night was somewhat bumpy and I think quite a lot of people had quite disturbed nights. Near Hutchison, portions of a salt mine, which is no longer used for extracting salt, are used as an archive to store film and television masters. And those masters include The Wizard of Oz, Gone with the Wind and Star Wars. We passed through the Tudor Revival Station at Newton, opened in 1930. This station is said to have been modelled on William Shakespeare's house in Stratford-on-Avon. Over 15,800 passengers used the station in 2017. We passed through Topeka, laid out in 1854 as a free state town after the passage of the Kansas-Nebraska Act, which allowed settlers to vote on the issues of slavery. It was named state capital in 1861, and it took 37 years to build the capital building. The station was built in 1950 to replace a Harvey House chain restaurant and was used by a little over 10,200 night owls in 2016. 102 years after the town of Lawrence was founded, in 1854, the station was built. The town is named after Amos Adams Lawrence, prominent anti-slavery politician. We were still running late, so quite a few were up early to greet the passengers. At the station, years by 9,834 passengers in 2017. We reversed into Kansas City, and we were there at breakfast time. We had a scheduled stop, but very few people wanted to get off because it was snowing. The station is used by the Amtrak Southwest Chief and also by the Missouri River Runner. And it was used by 160,824 passengers in 2017. Kansas City is situated at the junction of the Missouri and Kansas Rivers and is nicknamed the Heart of America. On leaving Kansas, we've gone through quite a lot of flooded countryside. It is a dull and dismal day. Photography is difficult because, of course, they've grown trees right alongside the track. As we progress through this agricultural belt, and I get the feeling that the engineer, as they call them here, driver as we'd call them in the UK, is trying to make up time. Speedometer check said we were doing over 80 miles an hour. Also passing some very large, long freight trains. At one stage, as we came out of Kansas, we had freight trains on both sides of us. <laughs> Observation cars pretty full today. Some people who got on Kansas have got their baggage with them and are trying to get sleep. And quite a few of the rest are far more subdued than they were yesterday. We're currently passing through an area where there's flooding on both sides of the tracks, coming right up to the quite low embankment that we're travelling along. 
but we're pushing on with a good speed. This podcast has been produced by the Mr. T Podcast Studio. I thank the passengers and crew of the Amtrak Southwest Chief for helping make this podcast possible. Thank you for listening. Please join me again in two weeks. Thank you.